Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Excited to get into uh, this today, walking together, walking in forgiveness, walking out forgiveness. This is something that Heather and I have... Um, Man, I think if you're in uh, any type of relationship that you've done this, you've had to walk in relationship, walk in forgiveness, um, because, you know, we live in an imperfect world and we're dealing with imperfect people. And so there's this constant give and take. And so how do we walk that out today is really what we're talking about. And so the one thing that I'm thankful for is that Heather, Heather loves me like Jesus loves me. Heather's love doesn't come with stipulations. And so today that's probably the first challenge that we can pose is you either love like Jesus or you don't. There is no, well, I love you like Jesus when you do all the things I want you to do. I love you like Jesus when you, you know, X, Y, Z. And and the times that you don't, I don't because that's God's love doesn't come with stipulations and neither should ours. And it works the same in forgiveness. And so it's not about seeing one piece of this and saying, well, when you are the other eight pieces of the pie, you're amazing. But when you're this one thing, I just can't love you. I just can't forgive you. I just can't be with you. And so today we're talking about walking in forgiveness. We're in a series or a season titled Give, Given to Give, understanding that the root of everything that God gives us is rooted in love. And so as we've been discussing uh, forgiveness the past few weeks, this is um, something we've been doing with a couple of couples here uh, where we live. And one person we're doing uh, through FaceTime conversations, just kind of helping them walk through and move through their relationships. And we've been asked, I don't know how many times, how do you guys do it? Like, how do you, and it's not like, how do you walk in forgiveness? But it's like, how do you get along? Because the reality is, is our marriage and our relationship isn't perfect. Mm -hmm. And we have flaws. I'm flawed. Heather's not flawed. As you can see, she's just, (laughs) and so, um, but in that, how, how, how do you continually move forward? And it's because walking, walking out forgiveness is an active exercise. It's not this stale mindset that we get into. And so, and that's something that we're still, Oh, we have to do every single day. It's not like, oh, we've reached the peak and... We've arrived. Yes. And it's that's not reality. The only reason we can talk about this is because we've had lots of experience in it. And But it's love. We figure, we've, we've learned mm-hmm. that it's love, that love covers everything. And so then there's, there are still times I'm sure that, that things aren't perfect for me and Heather or stuff I do or or mm-hmm. the way that I am, or the way that I was raised, or, or and I'm sure all that stuff still, and it's, it always is, um, but love covers all of that, especially when you come with, with an open mind or an open mm-hmm. heart, and so. Yeah, um, we, in talking of forgiveness, forgive actually means to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone, to no longer want to punish them, or offense, or a flaw that they make, to cancel a debt, Actual Latin meaning gives completely, it says to give completely without reservation. That's what to forgive is. It's I'm not going to hold on to something here. That's to give completely. There's no reservation. There's no holding back. I love you so much. I'm going to give it all. And would you say, so we defined forgiveness a couple weeks ago and forgiveness is the action of that. Forgive is that, but forgiveness is the action of that. So I would, I would say this, that in our earlier years, and, and again, we do not have it all figured out, Mm-mm. um, but 
this is something that God has brought us on over and over and in relationships that we're walking out with people and, and taking time. So, okay, um, let's give the biblical backing. Let's give scripture for the reasons why we're called to be this way, why we're called to walk in forgiveness. And so when, <clears throat> so would you say that you've always walked in that with me? Like if we're just being real? Um, absolutely not. I no. it was something that I don't even think I fully grasped or understood what it was, um, how to do it, or I, I had my version of what forgiveness was. I would say I would forgive and hold on to stuff or bring stuff up. Yeah, we had the like the piece of paper we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. It's kind of that analogy. And so um, I'm I'm not saying that I'm good or bad. What's funny is when we don't when we don't actually give actually give forgiveness. And we keep those things like Heather's talking about. They they tend to come back up every time that we disagree. Mm -hmm. And so then it feels like we have this big stack of things that, that still need forgiven. And the reality is, is forgiveness was never given. If, never fully dealt with it. If it's if it still remains. And so one question we asked last week was, who gives forgiveness? Who gives forgiveness? And the obvious answer was God. And, and the reality is, is those who are humble tend to forgive. You're not going to get forgiveness from somebody who's prideful because they don't believe they're wrong. Uh, they believe that they have it all figured out. They know everything. And I believe this because this, and, and, it, and that is what it is. But the reality is, is it takes humility mm -hmm. on both ends. For yes. the one who, um, we started talking about this afterwards, after we did, I said, what do you think is harder being the one that is asking for forgiveness, the one that needs to be forgiven or the one that has to walk it out and actually give it because, when I come to him and I know that I've, I've done wrong, it's very humbling. And it's also very hard to lay pride aside and be like, man, I'm sorry. On the other end, it's also hard to be the one that got hurt and be humble enough to say, okay, I forgive you. And I'm willing to let go and not hold on and not still be angry with you. Yeah. By the way, if, if you are on Facebook today, Heather yeah. sees you. I can see you guys. She can't respond to you, but she can see you. So, see Chris. Yeah. And Lisa. Lisa, it's so good to see you here. I'm so glad that you are watching. That's amazing. We met yes. Lisa checking into a flight. Uh, I think we're on our way to Denver. We were on our way to Denver. We met Lisa. She was the most awesome, um, I don't know what you called it, the person at the desk. I don't know what that the, official title is. I don't was. know either, so I'm sorry. But Lisa, you were amazing. Yeah. And so to have you watching today is huge. We see you on here, Brenda Miller. Glad you're here. And so, um, moving forward in that, that kind of, this, this is the big rock of this is Matthew 6, 14 and 15. For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly father will forgive you. Period. And so the truth is this, we can't see this all the time. We can't see how God forgives or how God loves or how God sees. We only have our, you know, our glasses, our goggles that we look through. And the reality is we choose not to see others how God sees them. We choose to see them how we see them, and we choose to feel about them how we've been hurt, offended, etc. Mm -hmm. And so understand that God sees us holy, faultless, and blameless is what Colossians 1, 22 and 23 says. Then, then I know that's how God sees her. It's the whiteboard. It's the whiteboard from last week. And so then I see her as a child of God before I see her as my wife. And I think that's how we are to see everybody. It is. This is this is God's creation. So regardless of uh, mix up or um, 
I don't know, argument or disagreement mm-hmm. or even in friendship. It is first, I see you as a creation of God. I see that you look just like God. I know that I look, look just like God, that we're made in his image, that we are the human race. I think we move forward in that first. And this is a person that is that is considered holy and faultless and blameless in God's eyes. And so then um, that was never the way I used to go, though. My way was you are guilty until proven innocent. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot, it was like that for a lot of the time. <laughs> and, and Heather would say, golly, you just believe the worst about people. Like you just, you just can't. And that, that sense, when I understood this, what we're talking about today, everything changed for me. And it wasn't because Heather has always been like, I'm complete opposite. So he's helped me in that because I just, I naive, I guess, just very much believe that, oh, Hey, you're great. And then I'm like, whoa. Yeah, that person just stabbed me in the back. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I would say, yeah, I told you that was going to happen. <laughs> and so then it is, she's helped balance me out. And obviously mm-hmm. I've helped balance her out. But that was it. Like, you were always guilty until proven innocent. And Heather is like, you're innocent until proven guilty. We found a common ground through walking with. Yeah. And it's that's in relationship. If you're going to be able to implement forgiveness, there's going to be growth that has to take place. Never is growth comfortable. Um, it's not going to be, um, if I want to change, if I want to get close with him, I'm going to have to be open with my feelings and be vulnerable with how I feel about stuff, whether I'm the one that's made the offense or I'm the one that is coming to him saying, Hey, I love you, but this really bothered me. It's because you wouldn't say that for the longest time. You would just carry it. I didn't. I I didn't talk about how I felt. I didn't. It was, oh, okay, that totally sucks. And it might have hurt me really bad, but I just sealed it off, carried it with me, didn't say anything about it. And she would be, well, that's just how she, her approach, in my opinion, was, like I had in there, was, um, well, that's just how he is and I have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And so she would never tell me about it. Therefore, I believed it was okay. Mm -hmm. And it, it, kept adding separation, but it was never voiced. It was never voiced. And so then we never knew it was there until, you know, years, years later. Yeah. Which is really good. <laughs> it says in first Corinthians 13, five, it does, that love does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong, which is there's no pride in love. Humility. It's humility. I'm being humble enough to say, I'm not going to hold everything over your head. I'm not going to come back at you later. I'm humble enough to say, I love you, love, love you more than the offense that you did. Let's take care of this. So, um, I think that it says in James four, six, God opposes a proud, but gives grace to the humble and grace is unmerited favor to me. When I think about that, that's, um, God's pouring something on me that I didn't deserve. That's what grace is. It's that favor. It's um, being <clears throat> by being humble, it opens an opportunity for unity, for unity yeah. between Dusty and I, for unity in my relationships. Now, there's a big difference between being humble and being humbled. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times we take it on ourselves to be the one to humble somebody else. And that's not, that's not my role or my responsibility and neither is it hers. And I think we both understand that. I think we all have to understand that's like, I'm just looking to tell you when you're wrong. Mm-hmm. No, no, nobody wants to hear that anyways, right? 
when when we take that approach, we're just looking to start an argument. We're just, hey, I've got the match right here. And the moment that I feel like you're wrong, I'm just going to strike it and I'm going to throw it on fire. And so then being humbled and being humble are two very different things. And the reality is, is pride is the issue. It's mm-hmm. pride. I know I've got it figured out. This is the way and it's concrete and it will never change. And the sad part about all this is, is people change. People change. I cannot put you in a box for something you did in 2005 Mm -hmm. and believe that you're still that person that you were in 2005 today in 2021. I can't do that because Heather's grown and changed and God's done a work in her. God's spirit has done a work in her. And she she is operating more now in the spirit than she has ever. And I would say, same same for for me. For sure. And so then being humbled and being humble are two different things that we're to walk in humility. Yeah. If we're going to walk in agreement, we can't be prideful and I cannot be over opinion in my way. Um, I cannot be selfish. I can't walk with Dusty in unity if I am being selfish. That said, Heather can be over opinionated in the kitchen. Like she dominates the kitchen. So then, hey, have your way. Have your way in the kitchen. I don't think you mind. There, there are there are those things. So you can't say, well, yes, yes, you can. No, no, no. We're talking about being in agreement, like mm-hmm. in the direction of our life together. And this is not just a marriage talk. This is a relationship talk. This is actually, this starts in your relationship with God. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It says in James 3.16, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there are disorder and every evil thing. It's, it's, if I'm prideful and if I'm holding on to everything, it's causing chaos in my house. There's not going to be peace. We can't have unity. We can't walk in agreement. Yeah. If the only, if if this is the case, and if you think about that, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, that means the closest thing that would be love in our house has been when we pass ourselves in the hallway and say, love you. Mm -hmm. And she says, love you. And that's about all we get. Right. And it's because there's this, there's this. It's not spiritual. Mm-hmm. It's physical. We're upset about something, about something, and that something is affecting someone, both me personally mm-hmm. and the person that I'm passing in the hallway or at work or wherever. And so, um, because the reality is nobody loves being wronged. It stinks. Like anytime that, that I am offended, that I am wronged, that I am, that I've been done in, it stinks. And it's why I think Heather said it's why giving forgiveness and asking forgiveness are both hard Mm -hmm. because forgiveness is rooted in love. But but you don't feel love in that moment. Right. In either of them in giving forget. And it's almost there have been times where I've forgiven you where I don't feel that love is anywhere. I just feel like, well, this is something that I have to do. Mm -hmm. I should forgive her because we're married and we took a vow right here. We're for life. And because we're married, I have to. And that's the wrong approach. That's the wrong approach because the moment that I feel like I have to forgive Heather is the moment that we're not in a marriage, that we're not in a working, walking marriage. We're in an agreement. And so it's never a have to. It is, man, this is this is an opportunity. Um, and I and I think we see those disagreements as opportunities to get better. Wow, this is a way that we can be closer. We disagree here. This is a way for us to grow closer. And I think a lot of people see disagreement as, okay, this is just another thing, another setback. This is another, another brick this is in the why wall. We, what, this is why we don't work. This is why I'm not going to be friends with them. This is why they're not meant to be my spouse. 
because we have two different ways. We think differently. We don't agree on this. When it's complete opposite, it's, okay, wait a second. They have a different opinion, different approach. How can we come to a root of this, talk about it, and move on so that I can feel closer to him, not yeah. complete opposite? And so then forgiveness is rooted in love. It's that love, the love that I have for her overshadows everything else. Love covers mm-hmm. everything. And so it's easier, though. It's easier when I don't feel the love in the heartache to remain, to keep it personal and to remain selfish. And, and in all of it, it, what it takes is it takes somebody to be bigger than the circumstance. Mm -hmm. It takes somebody to say, okay, I see all of this trash and I choose to not focus on that. I choose not to focus on the thing. I choose to focus on the person. It's not Mm -hmm. about something. It's about someone. And in here, I know she has a pure heart. I know that she doesn't want to hurt me. There's, there's not a fiber of her that wants to be or do anything wrong against me. I know that. I believe mm-hmm. that 100%. Yeah, it's not attaching the fault to the person. It's not saying you are, that's who you are. It's an act that they did, not who this person is. That's good. That's good right there. Mm-hmm. And so it takes forgiving as God forgave us. Mm-hmm. That's what, and, and again... We know that we have to do that as human beings. And so that that's the hang up or that's the glitch. The reality is most of us can't do that. Most of us are, we can't take the whiteboard. We have that crumpled piece of paper approach. And so, um, and because we can't, that's why our anchor scripture today is Amos 3.3, because we can't. And our scripture day is a question. And we're going to dive deeper into this in the close, but just to get uh, the talk started, uh, Amos 3.3 says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? That's the New Living Translation. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? The Holman says, without agreeing to meet. Can two people walk together without agreeing to meet? And I think there's there's two things if you're taking notes. It's impossible. When, we t- when we're looking at Amos, we're talking about relationship with God first here. And I could give you a ton of context on this, but the reality is, is this is a charge to people in walking in agreement with God and with man. And so then the first thing is this, it's impossible to fellowship, to have fellowship with God if we refuse to follow his word. You either love God or you don't. You either love Jesus or you don't. You either walk in that love, you receive that love. It's not take and pick and choose, right? And so then a lot of people think my faith is like, well, my faith, well, I believe, I think, uh, (laughs) <laughs> Talladega Nights is probably a good example. Well, I like my I like my Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt, right? Because it says I'm formal, but I'm here to party. Well, I like my Jesus, six ounces, you know, six ounce baby Jesus. And it's a lot like that with our faith where we say, um, well, I like this and this about the Old Testament. So I, I take that and we make our plate and then we walk and we say, okay, this is what my faith looks like. And you can't put it in a box. And so then it's impossible to have fellowship with God if you refuse to follow his word. His word is from start to finish, the beginning, the end, the alpha, the omega, yesterday, today, and forever. And so then the, the second thing is it's impossible to walk together uh, where there is no fellowship with each other, where there is no relationship. Mm-hmm. Other, and, and I experience that a lot these days where there is no common ground and so all, all I, I'm trying to be very careful with my, with my speech. 
It's easy to come into the room with somebody not knowing them and need something from them. And that's what our relationships are based off of. We call them relationships, but they're really not. It's a business deal. It's a transaction. Hey, I need this from you because I know that you can do this. And in turn, because you can do this for me, I'll do this for you. You can't walk agreed with a person like that because there's no depth. There's no depth to it. There must be fellowship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you cannot expect communion with God uh, unless you first s- seek peace with him. Um, where there's no friendship, there cannot be fellowship. God and man cannot walk together. I was looking for that all morning. There it except is. they agreed. Unless we seek his glory, we cannot walk with him. And if two people are in disagreement, there will be no unity in their direction. It's not in, uh, well, we just agreed to disagree. There's no resolve in that. That is... Well, when in Rome. <laughs> that is, right? you have your way. Yeah, I have my way. <laughs> so we'll just move on. We're going to just shelf this, put this one back and move on. There's no... That's going to come back up. Yes, always. Because, well, man, we battled it out again. And... Mm-hmm. Wait, and haven't we already talked about this before? Golly, this? how many of our disagreements are this? <laughs> I feel like we've talked about this 87 times. What is the problem? Yeah. And so, and the problem is we ended exhausted, tired, walking away, or, well, agree to disagree. That's your way, and I have my way, right? And so, <sighs> yeah. When in Rome. Yes. First question I want to ask is, what is your relationship built on? What is your relationship with God built on? Is it built on, I come to him when I need something. He's there. He's got everything I need. So I'm going to come to him when I'm, man, I need some money. So I'm going to pray and ask him that God will send money. Or, oh man, I could really use some help on this. Or let that green light stay green for me. What is your relationship with God based on? What's your relationship with your friends based on? Is it based on... Um, I saw that they liked the same kind of things I liked. We both like running. So now we have this bond of running, but she likes Alicia Keys. Now I like Alicia Keys. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. What is your relationship with your spouse based on? Is it based on, did you start your relationship on the wrong foot? Did you start it all physical? Was there a start that, um, was grounded in God? What were your relationships started on? Because we know everybody goes from courtship, right? Yes. From from friendship to courtship. Especially in 2021. <laughs> the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4, 9, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, no one, the other one can help them up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? When we're disagreeing, mm-hmm. when we're disagreeing, are we keeping warm together? Uh, no. No. There's a big line right down the middle of the bed, right? No. I don't, we, know. We don't usually. I don't know the bed. last time that we, <laughs> because that's a non-negotiable we'll talk about later. Um, I don't remember the last time that happened, but in the in early in early times, that that was it. I'm I'm so frustrated with you. I, we need some serious space. Yeah. And so she's looking at that wall and I'm looking at that wall. And man, and I get up early and go to bed or I get up early and go to work. And so I won't see her until tomorrow night. And um, and it was like that for mm-hmm. a lot of the early part of our marriage. Apologize about that. That's okay. I would wait till we got in bed and be like, is that it? Yeah. Are we done? 
Yeah, we would disagree at like, I don't know, five, five in the afternoon when we got home from work. She got home from work and we would come in and we'd have our little spout or whatever. And then we would agree to disagree, Mm -hmm. I thought. And what would happen is we would go and we'd get in bed and then, you know, 1130. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, surely he's going to get this at some point. It's going to click and we're going to have a conversation. 1130 at night, she would go, that's it. What do you mean that's it? It's sleepy time. Like, like we already took care of this. <laughs> yeah, it's remember, remember seven hours ago, four hours ago, like we said, we we were done. And so yeah, that's it. And so then I think what you have to define is and, and identify is what is your way? I didn't know what this was. And you you likely don't know that you even have your way, but you need to realize that you do. Then we all have our way. And, and there's, there's just a little or a lot of pride in that because it's my way. Mm-hmm. Go to Burger King, have it your way, right? You're the boss. Like, <laughs> it's your way. This is my life. I only live once. We have all that stuff that makes us just focus on self, right? And not in a healthy way. And so you need to define what your way is because what kills our way is my way. Mm-hmm. Period. Prideful. What kills our way is Heather's way. Because what happens is, as opposed to going, okay, this is an opportunity for us to get better. I mm-hmm. see it. Guys, it really is. I know you're like, bull crap. No, yeah. I'm telling you, a disagreement is an opportunity to get stronger. Because how much better if you can resolve something? How much better do you feel? Do you feel closer when there's actually closure and it's all done? and you've talked about it, when in any relationship, when you've actually talked through somebody and you feel like you've been heard and they've been heard and you're in unity and you both agree, when has there ever been a time that you've been like, oh, I still feel so so separated? I would say that that would happen if there wasn't true um, peace and unity through it and it didn't get resolved. But when it does, I always feel closer to him in any relationship, even with my friends way closer. It's like, oh, wow. I feel like we're stronger now because we just had. They really get me. Yeah. He gets me, right? Mm -hmm. Guys, this works in team. This works in everything. What This works in church culture. Okay. Not to sidetrack here, but I can take one of the, the greatest teams that's ever played basketball, football, who cares? And they all agree in the way, right? The tiger way, the lion's way, the pistons way, the red wings way. This is the culture of our team. And the problem is you keep bringing these different personalities in and they ruin our thing. It's the same thing inside of the church. Well, I believe we should be doing solo mom's ministry. Well, I believe we should be doing this. And what kills our thing is your thing, is my thing. It's because we can't come to agreement under the vision of our house, Mm -hmm. the mission of our house. And so how can we get off on that? You like that? So pride, the, the reality is it's pride. Pride destroys relationships. Mm-hmm. And it shows up in a lot of different ways. It shows up in criticism. It's just, it. that's just it. It shows up in criticism. There's competition. Oh, you think you're better than me, mm-hmm. right? Um, stubbornness, superficiality. And the problem with pride is it's self-deceiving. Everybody can see it. Heather can see it in me. I can't see it in myself. 
I just can't see it in myself. And so Proverbs 16, 8 says, pride leads to destruction. Mm -hmm. A proud attitude brings ruin. And for me, that means not just brings ruin to me, but brings ruin to my house. It brings ruin to my marriage. It brings ruin to the generation of Otis's coming behind us. It brings ruin. And so then the message translation says, first pride, then the crash. Mm-hmm. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. Yeah, it's being humble or being humbled. Like you're going to get knocked down, whether it's I can come and be humbled or you just keep building those stilts that you're walking on. And I can listen to God right now or God can do it for me. Like mm-hmm. if we're going to talk in the spiritual realm. So there's those things. And there's also what Heather just said. And so a lot of the times we don't like what God has to say. And so we're like, ah. But the reality is God's going to have his will. His will is going to be done. So we can either choose to walk in it and be willing and obedient in that moment, or or we can wait for him to do it. And that tends to be a little bit more difficult to walk through. Mm -hmm. And so because pride destroys relationships, pride destroys relationships, but humility is the antidote to pride. And the one thing that I would like to squash right now is, and I think that... I don't know if there's a good way to say this. Men, men get charged with being prideful. And it's like, uh, and this is just a seat that I sit in. And you would say, women don't have pride because they're so nurturing and so loving. But there, there is pride in both mm-hmm. male and female. <laughs> this is not a, well, he talked about pride today. Did you hear that? Well, they talked about pride today. And it's like, now we have to check. You have to check ourselves. Check yourself, yeah. What is your way? What's it rooted in, right? And so um, humility builds relationships. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 8, live in harmony. Live in harmony. That takes humility, right? Mm -hmm. Be sympathetic. Love each other. Have compassion. Be humble. In short, be humble. It's 1 Peter 3, 8. And the basic law of relationships is this. And this this is where it gets really real. The basic law of relationship is I become who I'm around. And so if I'm around grumpy people who constantly complain, guess what I tend to do? Grumpy, constantly complain. If I'm around happy people, then I tend to be more more upbeat, right? The more time you spend around those type of people is is really kind of the outcome of of who you are. Mm -hmm. And so then with happy people, we get happier. With grumpy people, you get grumpy. But in reality, if you want to have more humility... Spend time with humble people. Spend time with humble people. And what you'll find is a lot of the nagging and complaining and all that stuff goes away. Because if we're going to get better, if I'm going to be more humble, I cannot continue to hang around and be with the same people who are consistently bringing me down, dragging me down and causing me to go, you know what? This does suck. Like I So... Pride causes division. So in, in, in short, pride causes division. Humility creates connection. Mm-hmm. Pride causes division. Humility creates connections. Romans 12, 10 says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Honor one another above yourself. That's what this means. I talked about the meaning of this for me in my life in week one of this, but this is the real meaning. Humility. It's rooted in love. Yeah. Humility. So what are the non-negotiables inside your relationships? Um, what is, what is, 
when it comes to walking in agreement, there are a few musts, like stuff that you have to have set, have to, um, it's like guidelines. What are the guidelines for you? What are your non-negotiables? What are you going to set as, I'm not going to say this, for personal, for your own, yeah. in your relationship with someone? Well, because your non-negotiables are probably the closest thing or the closest, yeah, the closest thing you're going to get or the closest um, way you're going to get to your to your way, right? Mm-hmm. And so then in a disagreement, well, God's made me this and I'm this, right? And that's great. When it comes down to walking in agreement, mm-hmm. what what helps that? And then we want to make sure that whatever helps that, we want to do that. And we want and all the things that do not help that, those are non-negotiables. Those cannot come into a time where we are to walk in agreement. Mm-hmm. And so then when it comes to that, if you're a note taker, Heather's going to go over some of the scriptures that we've kind of laid out. Guys, this is a this is a journey. This mm-hmm. is not a one Sunday. Um, this is <laughs> this is years of Sundays, right? This is yeah. Um, this is life, and it's a it's a process. It's a process, and so as she covers some of these scriptures that we've laid out for us to walk in agreement, it's essentially um, well, I feel like it's best. Um, for us, and, and I'll just let you cover them. How about that? Okay. First Peter 4, 8, it says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Um, this is that I don't remind him. This forgiveness is silent in the sense that I'm not going to, after I say I've forgiven him, I'm not going with my group of friends and saying, Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what Dusty did today, and I'm still so pissed at him, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not next time that this issue appears again, I'm not going to say, oh my gosh, you did it again. We just went through this. You just did this today. It's saying enough is enough. I'm forgiving him and I'm letting it be. I'm not carrying it. I'm not bringing it back up to him. Ephesians 4, 2 through 3 says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. When both of us do this, when we are both eager to maintain that unity, when that is the focus, when that's the root of it, then that ca- that makes the other things dissipate. So that when we come and have a conversation, if we can keep in mind our goal is unity here, then it stops us from saying things that we shouldn't say, from um, acting a certain way, certain body language. This is what allows us to see the disagreement as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. This is a chance for me to get closer to her, for me to know her more. I can know her more through this, or I can choose to not like this, to not like her, and to step away. We are eager, eager, such a good word. You should look up the definition of eager to maintain the unity of spirit because spirit is huge there because the the spirit is love. Which is, yeah, and so that's a root when it's grounded in that. It allows us to... Covers all. Yes. I feel like God's made it very simple. We just kind of mess it up all the time. Granted, there are, which we talked about this before, and that is a whole other thing. There's several things that, yes, there's when it comes to issues of forgiveness when you've been abused, neglected, or um, adultery. That's stuff that you would seek counsel on. You would need to tell the right authorities, take care of that, and move on. I'm not saying 
that's something that we don't ever, that we just forgive. And I don't go and tell my friends. I don't seek counsel on it. That's a whole nother thing. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. First John four sixteen, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. That's huge. It's saying that because I have God's spirit in me, then I'm walking, breathing. I'm living out love because I'm full in him. That's overflowing into my relationship with Dusty, into my relationship with my friends. That makes sense? It sure does. Okay. I'm just realizing I'm going to run out of coffee for the first time ever. First John 4.12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. That's walking in love. That's having humility. That's actually putting into action what we have been talking about. I asked her last night, um, I said, is it work? Like what you, what you not do for me, but what you give to me, what you give to me, is that work? Like, do you feel like it drains you? And you said, no, Um, I don't remember your exact response, but it was. Well, I think that if, if I was empty, if I wasn't, if God wasn't my source and I wasn't full of his love, and then 100%, the relationship would be extremely draining. Everything that I would, um, that he would need, I couldn't love him the way he needed to be loved unless I was full of God's love so much that, like I said, it would be an overflow. It's a way better answer than last night. Is that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it starts with love, right? We love out of the overflow, which is huge. Just staying healthy in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. It's that constant walk with God. Hey, Kaz. Come around here real quick. Um, that's just that's just God sending Kaz to make me coffee. <laughs> hey, will you make me a new cup of coffee, buddy? Uh-huh. You're the best. <clears throat> and so then um, it starts with your love for one another. It starts with your love for one another, being mm-hmm. full of God's love. What a great answer, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, so then I'm going to use Heather here. So then in marriage, I can use marriage because we're sitting here. Uh, but this is relationships. This is your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, in my marriage, if you look at the root of Matthew 22, 37 to 39, we've been there every Sunday almost. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbors yourself. Some translations say and love others. Some, some say love one another. And so then I have to realize that Heather is my number one other. She's it. It's God. And then my, the next person the next person is her. And so then it it wasn't like that for a long time. I, Heather, Heather was down the list a little bit because I love to work. And so you've heard that before. And so I have to see Heather as my number one other. So then to walk in agreement, to walk in agreement, you must know who you're walking with. And the reality is I didn't know there was no depth. There was no depth in, in my knowledge and my love for her because everything was real surfacey. And we were newlyweds and all those things, right? And she's just gorgeous. So, yeah. And so, um, so the first question, if you're taking notes, here are some of the questions that I ask. And so just like last night, when I ask her that question, is what you do work like? No, it's, it's, it's never work when it's rooted in love. And, and more importantly, that I need, I need to ask that question to understand what it costs her to love me. No, don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> is it always comfortable? Does it always feel, do I always feel like it? No, I might not always feel like it, but that doesn't mean that it's going to take every ounce of me and I'm going to be empty and I'm negative towards him trying to give it. 
And so then asking that help gives me perspective to see, okay, this is where, this is where she's at. And so then how well, my first question was, how well do I know Heather? And so your question would be, how well do I know them? He, she, boss, God, like how well do I know them? And here's a better question. This is a follow-up to that. So that if this was, how well do I know them? How well do I know Heather? It's great. Now, how well does she know me? Mm-hmm. It's huge. Because if I've been a closed book, a locked door, she's, she's not going to know me. And she was like that for a long time where she wouldn't communicate. And so I thought I was getting to know her, but I was getting to know the wrong, the wrong version of her, not her true self. And so then... It is great. How well do I know them? But how well do they know me? How much of myself am I giving to her? Because that is vulnerability, which is, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the hot word right now that nobody wants to be. But it's truth. That's truth. Yeah, this goes into your friendships. Like if you are in a friendship and you say like, I want to have some great friends. I want great friends. That's going to require you to be uncomfortable. You're not going to grow in a relationship with a friend if you stay on the surface if you stay catty conversations, if you stay closed off and just talk about somebody else's outfit or the weather or all of this crap that we're having to do instead of being like, hey, this and this is going on or this really makes me feel like this. It's having to get vulnerable. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. I love you, buddy. Hey, Sean Stevens. Anyways, number two, how do they respond in conflict? Have I ever even cared to to figure out or to learn how she responds in conflict? (laughs) No, I don't think anyone does because when you're starting out with conflict, you're not concerned about them. I am upset at you and you're going to hear what I have to say. And so then how do I respond would be the part two, right? How do I respond in conflict? And so... Those those are huge things. Again, that's easy to sweep and say, well, I don't want to focus on number two. Can we just do these others? Mm-hmm. But I had to ask those questions because I had to figure out, and it takes a lot for me in a conflict to go, why are you saying that? Mm-hmm. Help me know more about that. Why are you? No, whoa, 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 whoa. back up just a little bit. You said this. And, I, and there's still times there I'll say, I never said that. I never said what you just said. And same, same for her to me. Mm-hmm. And so then how do they respond in conflict? What is that rooted in? Find that. Find that. And then you'll know how to approach conflict. I don't want to approach conflict with that tone or or those trigger words that make her feel or she makes me feel this way. How do we respond mm-hmm. in conflict? Do you understand? Like this is this is like old hat. Seek, you know, listen first, understand, right? Mm-hmm. And what is real is in conflict, in conflict, we don't care about understanding. I'm just waiting my turn to tell you my way, to tell you my reason, because I want to win. And it's not about winning, but it's waiting my turn instead of understanding. Wait a second. Wait a second. There is there's more here. And so, again, this is an opportunity for me to go closer to her. So in her disagreement. When I just shift the posture of my heart just a little bit to love and I go, man, there's a valid point there. Even though I can't see it or hear it and I really don't want to hear it. There is a valid point to what she's saying. 
God, help me to see that. Help me to understand that. Help that to bring itself to light right now, please. So I can understand because if I understand, now I know her more. Because the reality is the, the, the number one way that we all open up to each other is in disagreement. Oh, you're going to know exactly where I stand and how I feel. Da, 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 da. And we do that. So then. And generally in conflict, there's usually one who is the more vocal one and the other one who just. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and the other one who doesn't, who just will sit and kind of feel like, well, wait a second. I'm not going to open up and tell you how I feel about anything. Uh, the fourth question is, do you give, this was, this is me. I'm so guilty on this, uh, for the longest time. Do you give what you expect to receive or do you give what's needed? For the longest time, <clears throat> there are still some things I do this in that aren't, that have nothing to do with disagreement or walking in unity, but there are some things that, um, that I do just because it's what I wish I had. And so then in disagreement, when we're talking about walking together. Do you give what is needed or what you want? That's a big one. Mm -hmm. And so I'll say for Heather, she has always been super humble. And I don't feel that you've ever responded to get what you want. Mm -hmm. It's always, what do we need? Like, what do we need here? And there were times where I was just too dumb to hear what she was saying. And she would go, no, like, she would she would de-escalate the situation to say, I agree. We're saying the same thing. We are. Oh, great. Glad I won. Right. And let's go. And so and again, I don't know if I've ever won, but it's a good that's good language for what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. And so the final one is this. And this is something that I had to get a lot better at. Do you encourage? Do you affirm? Do you serve? Like, do I walk in and give her affirmation? There were so many times I could walk in and tell her everything that was wrong, everything that she wasn't doing, everything that needed to be better. Did I ever tell her? So God is pleased with us, with who we are. Go ahead. That's part of part of me and my. Well, I think this is, um, this takes into your disagreement. When, for Dusty, I figured out that I, would be saying all of this stuff to tell him that I agree, but I never said, um, would say like, I understand what you're saying. Like that, am I giving the affirmation of I'm seeing what he's saying? I'm understanding what he's saying. Not I'm, I'm telling you everything here because I've just skipped over that part of affirming. Yes. I know what you're saying. Cause I'm assuming that he knows what I'm saying, that yeah. I'm already understanding what he's saying. And I just had to actually say, I understand what you're saying. That's why I'm saying all of this. Yes. I felt like we were over and done with that. Instead of just actually giving those words, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we, in, in those discussions, we, we almost always respond before I give you my perspective. Yes. I understand. Mm -hmm. She's like, I understand. I hear it. I understand. I understand why I'm being intentional to listen, to understand, mm -hmm. not to, just get it out because I'm upset. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and in that it's just in walking in agreement outside of disagreement, it is man coming in and encouraging her, telling her how great she is, telling her what she does, um, how she serves. Do I serve her? Do I, you know, and I, I use making coffee or rubbing her feet or do I serve her? Am I investing in my number one other? 
Am I making an investment either in encouragement, affirmations, or in service and love? Yeah, and it, love. Goes, it definitely goes both ways. It's not one-sided because Dusty does amazing, but it's figuring out as a spouse, what does my husband need? What can I do to serve him? What little things really help him through the day? And you guys, you can take five and use this in your relationship with God. Like mm-hmm. it's when, man, I tell you what, you say serving God, and you're like, oh, like 80% of the country just heard work. We don't serve because of a have to. We serve out of a get to. We serve out of who God is, what he's done for us. We serve from the overflow. It's how she, her, her answer was amazing. We serve out of the overflow, out of love. And so then uh, we're going to talk about a few things here. When when in disagreements, which a disagreement, it means you're not in agreement. You're not walking in agreement. The first thing that we have to do is find the root of why we are disagreeing. And so then before it ever escalates and gets way out of control, we go, wait a second. What are we, what are we disagreeing on? Mm-hmm. What, are, what are we upset about? And until she and I agree on why we're disagreeing, it's the first step to agreement, by the way. You're going to walk in agreement through a disagreement. Until we both agree on why we're disagreeing, it never goes any farther than that. And sometimes it dies right there. And we realize this is dumb. It's not even worth arguing about. It's not even worth a disagreement. Who put the rocks? Who put the rocks in the yard? I just hit one and it, like, it's not, it's not it. Mm-hmm. It's not even worth the disagreement. And so, because we both love our house, you know what I'm saying? And so, or our cars or whatever windows being broken, right? And so, um, find the root and agree on it because to start overcoming and walking together, um, you have to get over your way to create our way. And so then the first thing is I need to agree. I need to agree on the root of why we're disagreeing. And if you can't agree on that, there will be no agreement. If you can't agree on why you're disagreeing, there will be no solution. Mm-mm. It'll be at the end of this, at the end of this, because we didn't agree on why we're disagreeing, at the end of this disagreement, we're going to agree to disagree and move on. There will not be a solution if you cannot agree on why you're disagreeing. Mm-hmm. Because when there is no solution, that unresolved conflict carries over into the next conflict. It comes right back up. It comes right back up. And it comes up because it was never, ever resolved. Yeah. It has to do a lot with being um, back of that sweet and vulnerable word. But it has to with, <laughs> go back to being truthful, though, with how you actually, what you rated that. Like if it's a disagreement and something was said and say Dusty said something that upset me and he didn't mean anything by it. And he would rate it like at a two on a scale of one to 10. Me, I thought it was like a 10, but I just shoved it off. Like it was at a two and I never actually addressed the real issue of like, Hey, that was a big deal. And it really hurt me. I wasn't truthful with how I felt in my feelings or anything like that. And so it still came back up later because it was never resolved in the first place. When if I would have known it was a 10, I would have leaned in a little bit more. Oh, man, like this, this hurts, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much it hurts. And because she didn't voice, I, I didn't know. Yeah. So, so then your keys, the keys to remember here are this. Remember, guys, this, I know we keep going towards marriage and relationship. This works in relationship period. And it starts with your relationship. And on top of that, if you're not married right now too, I remember listening to stuff thinking like, I'm not even married, but if you could just 
store it away and know that this is like growth. This is stuff that will help you in your relationship going forward is huge. This is going to come up. Yes. This is going to come up in your marriage. At some point, it's going to flesh itself out. And so you can have this to reference or you can walk blind. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's a great point. (laughs) Remember how to respond. Seek to understand. These are all things that we know. Lean in. Lean in. Opportunity to get closer for growth. Because the opposite of that is is essentially just checking out. Mm-hmm. Just get out. I'm, I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable. She doesn't understand. He doesn't understand. They don't understand. And I leave, you know, uh, my church, my friend group, my business, my work, because nobody understands me. And the reality is, is I just need to lean in and communicate what she just said, right? And so then we have to show up our pride and we have to be honest. We have to be honest in our communication. Hey, you said this. It really hurt. It really offended me. It really bothered me. It struck a nerve that I haven't that I haven't felt in a long time. And I was really hurt by this. Just be honest in your communication. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, it builds trust. You build trust because now she was just open and honest. And so, and, and my response to her was not, you are being silly. That is not that big a deal. Now, because I understand, I say, oh man, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, I wish that wouldn't have happened. I'm so sorry I said that or however you're going to respond. We just became closer and trust just become greater. True. Yeah. And so then this is how we walk agreed love and trust, love and trust. Isn't that how we walk with God? Love and trust. A lot of people say they love God. Not very many people say they trust God. They'll say it, but do they walk it out? If I ask you right now, who do you trust? Who do you trust? If you could list those people off, you're likely walking in agreement with them because there's trust. Because there's trust. Who do you love? Who do you trust? Heather mentioned our non-negotiables earlier. And so um, we're going to cover our non-negotiables with you. There are three questions that you need to identify. You need to ask. And you don't have to take ours, but I will say this. If, if you want to rip us off, you, you have every right to. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if these speak to your situation and where you're at, take them. Take them. Um, but these are essentially what cannot happen, what our non-negotiables are inside of every time we disagree because we want to walk together. Yeah. We want to walk together. Yeah, what are the off limits? And so um, here now, this is all great stuff, Dusty and Heather. <laughs> Here's the thing. Thank you, babe. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. You have to identify these when there is peace. Yes. Not in the middle of a conflict. Oh, man, I hate it when you say that. Why did you say that? That's not going to be helpful at all. Because you're not going to get agreement from both sides. And so you have to do this in a calm setting where there is peace and there is agreement. And there, these times exist, by the way, regardless of where you are in your relationship with a friend, where, in your marriage. Mm-hmm. These times do exist where there is a calm peaceful setting where I can say, hey, I would really like to discuss these three things. Can we identify these three things? Mm -hmm. And so then we're doing this in a calm, peaceful setting where there is agreement. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to identify three things. If you're taking notes, these are the things you're going to reference if you're um, 16, 17, 18, 24, if you're here and you're 30, okay, Um, and you are going to be married at some point, these are the three things that you really want to identify. If we could have started Mm-hmm. If we could have started with these three things, and I don't even know where we did this or how we did this, by the way, but 
here it is. Identify these three things. I'm sure they're not original. I'm sure they're from something. These We didn't think these up. Might have been a counselor. Okay. What is off limit? The number one thing. Okay. What is off limit? When we disagree, what is off limit? Mm -hmm. Number two, what is unhelpful when we disagree? Mm -hmm. Those are not the same thing. And number three, what is unproductive when we disagree? What's off limit? What's unhelpful? And what's unproductive? And if these speak to you and you want to take them, you can. And so we're going to give you ours. And the first thing we're going to do is identify what is off limit. What is off limit? Listen, if there's 87 of them, you're probably not going to remember. Yeah, right? you want to like really hone in on what are the key, what are the root things that like really tick you off or um, hurt you? Or is it like for us, it's language. Um, we're not using foul language. We're not cussing at each other. Yeah. It's tone. Yeah, keep going. It's how we're saying stuff. It's what tone am I saying this in? Am I being condescending? Am I being hateful in how I'm saying it? It's, Are you? I, I hope not. I'm sure I am sometimes. <laughs> it's absolutes. There's no absolutes. It's not you always, you never. Those are off limits. We're not, we're not going to put those into our language when we're speaking. Um, for me, it was, I would say whatever. <laughs> when Heather was done with an argument, she would just say whatever. And I'm like, whatever. Cause I felt like it was going nowhere. So essentially that was me numbing out. I'm like, whatever. And it would, and I would say some more and then she would say, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Babe. and I would, and that just fueled my fire, <laughs> whatever. No, it's not whatever. So then I give a little bit more and then she would just say, whatever. So, yeah. And for me, I say, this is a waste, waste of my of time. time. This is a waste of my time right now. I can't <laughs> even believe I'm doing this. This is a waste of my time. Which I laugh now, but that would like, <laughs> I'm like, we're trying to work through something to fix something. Nothing about it is a waste of time. So then um, if you, so then language was, not really ever an issue. There were some times it got out of hand, but not like to the point where you're like, nothing you've never heard before, okay? Mm -hmm. um, tones, tones is what she said. So um, guys are lucky. We hear good and bad, like, right? Positive and negative. And so it's like, hey, 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 let's, let's ease up a little bit. And absolutes are probably the thing. They don't come up like they used to, but it's mm -hmm. because we've eliminated them. We cannot say, we cannot say anything that is an absolute. It, it has, it leaves. And it, this brings peace in the conversation or disagreement because it when it happens, it's like, well, wait a second. We've already agreed on this. So if someone is doing the other, we can just say, hey, tone. Or we said no absolutes. And it's nothing that either one of us can get upset about because we've both already decided, we no, we're not going to do this. That's an absolute. Mm. You're right. It is. Okay. And that's seriously about how, how bad it gets. Yeah. And so, um, again, this is a process. And so identify what's off limit. What is off limit in your disagreements? Mm -hmm. If we're going to walk agreed, we want to stay agreed. That's what's off limit. Language, tone, absolutes, and whatever your catchphrase is to get out, to bail, right? Yeah. Number two, identify what's unhelpful. What is unhelpful? And these are really just two things for us. Um, what's unhelpful in a disagreement is for Heather, she gets quiet mm -hmm. or she disengages. And for me, I quit or walk away. Mm -hmm. 
That's unhelpful. Guess what? We didn't we didn't just we don't solve a problem. We can't solve a problem if we're playing the quiet game. We can't solve a problem if we're disengaging. We can't solve a problem if we quit. And we can't solve a problem if we walk away. This is unhelpful in our disagreeing. Mm-hmm. So then, because of this, whenever we disagree, I grab a chair and I sit in the middle of the room when I talk to Heather. And it reminds me, I'm not quitting. Okay. I know it might sound weird. But it is essentially, if I stand up, I tend to move. I get louder when I stand up too. It just happens, I think. And so, but if I sit down, it kind of sets the tone. And then I stay locked in that chair. And that lets me, that, that's for me personally to say, I'm in this. I'm in this and we're going to work this out together. Mm-hmm. So uh, number three, identify what is unproductive and we will close. Okay. And so what is unproductive is, it's really simple. Location. We're not going to have a huge brawl in the middle of a restaurant or Juan Miguel's. Um, in a group of friends. We're not going to sit there and start this hash out this big disagreement. And granted, they're small stuff that I'm both of us are pretty transparent, like with our kids, even I'm, I don't want them ever to think that mom and dad don't disagree and everything's perfect. So we will have conversations if it's something that's light we can have a conversation in front of our kids because they can see us work through each thing and then come to a resolve. And they're all room receptive too. They know when we're disagreeing. So they're kind of like, they seriously hone in. It's like they're sitting and watching like, "Hmm, okay, what's going on here? Yeah. So yes. Um, Public. Yeah. Laws late at night, not waiting to the end of the day to have this discussion. We're going to take care of it before we ever even go into our bedroom. Yeah. It is, um, it's that old, like when you take your kids to church and they're misbehaving, get your stuff together right now. Like it's, we're not going to do that in public. Like we'll talk about this later. Right. (laughs) And so. I think there was one time that we actually were somewhere and Dusty was like, literally looked at me and said, we're not having this conversation right now. And I said, yes, we are. (laughs) Because it was so like, Hey, you're not my boss, bud. And we're having this. Yeah. And then I had to come back and say. During that prideful times. We are in public. (laughs) Okay, let me change my tone. We're in a public place. We shouldn't do this now. And it was okay. Yeah. But in the, but in the beginning, it was like, we are not doing this right now. And so what did I do to her? Bull crap. Yes, we are. <laughs> right? And so uh, anyways, public. Yeah. So, and then late night, we solved the issue of ending our day with a disagreement. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to hold on to it until... Until it's until sleepy time. Yeah. Right. So. And that could be whatever. And so what we found in this is the more that we love each other and the more that we agree, the better our life is. The more that we disagree and fight, the worse our life is. Mm-hmm. And so then we should walk in love and we should walk in agreement because our life is really good when we do that. Yeah. Period. And when we don't, we suffer, we suffer the consequences because of my way mm-hmm. and her way. So then we essentially just showed or shared with you what the Otis way is when it comes to walking in agreement or being agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we disagree, we go back to our non-negotiables, um, to where that's our, our, that's like the stone that we build the disagreements on. We, to start a disagreement, it's to start by agreeing on why we find the root of what it is. We lean in, we're shelving our pride and control I'm not a control freak. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) And we communicate open and honestly. That's it. Yeah. And so then you start by agreeing. It's it's funny. You're going to start a disagreement by agreeing. It's it's the first step to walking Mm -hmm. in agreement. 
Yeah, the truth is we only learn when we are in a who we are when we're actually in a relationship. You'll never know who you really are by yourself because you can only see your side. You only see you. You only see how you're being at that moment when, when you're in a relationship and you're having to work with somebody or you're having conversations with people. They will bring stuff up that I cannot see about myself. This is something I did learn. We only learn who we are in a relationship because you make me better. You compliment me. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. God gave me you to make me better. Right. God gave you me to make you better. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't have that confidence. Sometimes we don't believe that. And it's not, I'm, I'm here for you and you're here for me and we do this together. It's now me, yeah. me, me, me. And so I think that when it escalates, when a disagreement escalates and it will, it will, it's a process to get along. Must always look back at those non-negotiables mm-hmm. because it's going to happen, right? You're a human being. And so, um, so then when you know, when you don't understand that we're better together, that, that we only learn in a relationship, that means we must connect with God. We must connect with our spouse. Mm-hmm. We must connect with our friends, etc. Um, being in agreement, here's here's kind of the, the we're gonna go back to Amos 3 now. Being in agreement means walking together. It's often used in scripture as a reference to communion or to fellowship. And so we see an example of this in Genesis chapter 5 when Enoch walked with God. This is an action. This is an action. Walking is an active exercise. This, um, this is not my feet stuck in the concrete, my way or the highway. This is an active exercise. And so when one walks with another, it's communion with each other. And Enoch gives us a, a really great picture of what that's like to be with God. If you look in Genesis 5, I think it's 20, it's in the 20s, 22. It didn't say Enoch returned to God and left him, but that he walked with God. Walking is a sign of progress. Walking is a sign of progress. And so for some of us today, we just need to take a step. We need to get our feet out of the concrete and take a step. And so because when you're walking, you're lifting your feet, and you're putting one foot in front of the other, and you progress toward the destination with every step that you take. And so it's not about going, do you know how far we have to go? If I would have done that when we started the healing process or the forgiveness process or whatever, if I would have said, man, this thing is too far gone. There's no way I'm, you know, 30 or whatever. I'm, you know, 70. That is a waste of time because you can't see the end. And the reality is to go and say, well, I'm not there anymore. I'm not there anymore. And so then active exercise, when you progress toward the destination, every step of the way, um, you understand how walking together is a sign of fellowship. It's, it's the agreement. And walking with God is the best expression for fellowship that we can see. And so we understand that's a daily choice. Mm-hmm. That's a daily choice. It's not, well, I'm going to love you like Jesus today, okay? But tomorrow if I wake up and I don't feel like it or, or the enemy's put something in my head or my heart or I've, I've had a, you know, a terrible thought or Heather's coming to me and said, I had this dream last night that you're like, hey, hey, easy. Like, still me, babe. <laughs> We're still good. But it's that. It's like it's it's knowing this is a daily choice. It's a daily choice. And so it's why Amos 3.3 implies that two cannot walk together except they be agreed. It teaches us that unless we are agreed with Christ, we cannot attain communion with him or with each other. 
And so without friendship and agreement, there is no fellowship with one another. Without friendship and agreement, there is no fellowship with one another. Friendship doesn't always mean that you agree on everything Mm -hmm. either because you have to work through and walk through those disagreements. And so the New American Standard Version of Amos 3.3 says, Do two men walk together unless they have made an appointment? Unless they made an appointment. And so the agreement is to meet and walk together. The agreement or the appointment precedes the walking together like uh, the cause precedes the effect, cause and effect. And so you might make an agreement to meet and walk together to discuss differences. It's not always about harmony, right? There are differences. And so if you look, um, Amos 3.4 gives us a great example of the cause and effect. And there are many more. I'm just going to use Amos 3.4 because we are getting tight on time. And so does a lion roar in the forest? This is Amos 3.4. That's the effect. When he has no prey, that's the cause. Does a young lion cry out from his den? The effect of what? If he has taken nothing, it's the cause. And what you see uh, in the next several verses is Amos illustrates a total of seven illustrations to add weight to the initial cause, to the initial question that he asks us in verse three. Do two walk together? It's the effect. Unless they have agreed to meet, that's the cause. That's the why. Agreement. And so moving forward, you must be sound-minded and self-controlled, living by the Spirit. The Spirit is love. You must be balanced and focused on the thing that God has so that your communication, your communication with one another will be clear, reasonable, reasonable. That's a huge word there. Specific and pleasing to God. Why? Because 1 Peter 4, 7 through 9 says, Above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another because love covers a multitude of sin. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Mm -hmm. Without complaint. And so here are your action steps today. If you're a note taker, action steps. This is how we walk in agreement. We kind of gave you our how we walk in agreement. But for you, um, hey, Anna. Uh, for you, walking with um, God is like this. Hebrews 10.22 and 1 John 2.6. Hebrews 10.22, walking with God. This is your action step. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. You're holy, blameless, faultless today. Because you are, you can come to God with a sincere heart. 1 John 2.6 says, Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Either love like Jesus or you don't. Those who live in God should love like Jesus, should live just as Jesus did. For walking with believers, number two, there's two scriptures, Philippians 1.27 and Romans 12.6. I really feel like we're bringing the word today. (laughs) Philippians 1.27, walking with believers, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, walking side by side for the faith of the gospel. Walking side by side, period. Romans 12, 6. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty, but associate with everyone. Never be wise in your own sight. Mm-hmm. We can always get better. No matter how good you get, you can always be better, right? And then walking with non-believers, last point, Colossians 4, 5, 
Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. And then 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16, but in your hearts, honor Christ. When you're walking among those who do not know Jesus, but in your hearts, honor Christ as Lord, as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. That means you can't say because you're a moron. Okay, You can't say that. With gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. And so in those three, we must first be in agreement with God. We do this by reading, thinking, praying, worshiping throughout the day. We live in the spirit, which means we make God a part of our daily life every single day. Finally, when it comes to others, we agree to meet and walk with those we're in relationship with, especially believers. We encourage each other and respectfully discuss our differences. Likewise, we walk in wisdom towards outsiders so that that God can use your fellowship with them to reveal Jesus to them. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.